Welcome to the Fairview Church Podcast. At Fairview Church, we are dedicated to reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. To find out more about our church, including service times, location, and current sermon series, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. Well, I, I want to just express the gratitude that I feel this morning, the opportunity to be here to serve as pastor of Fairview Church in this time. I'm so thankful for the ways that God has worked through so many. Uh, I want to just ask if you have been part of Fairview Church for 20 or more years, uh, would you stand right now? Just want to see who's been here for 20 or more years. And uh, yeah, I want to honor these folks as well. And we had several, uh, several in the first service as well. And so, so many have given faithfully, have served uh, generously and sacrificially, and so much has gone into the life of our church so that we are still here this morning. And I think gratitude in many ways is what defines the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that, that very much runs and operates on gratitude. The last two weeks, we have looked at First Samuel, and we've seen the way that Israel lost that sense of gratitude, and it cost them dearly. They lost the gratitude uh, to God for all that he had done, and instead, they focused on the nations around them, and they wanted a king like all of the other nations, and they experienced great destruction because of that, because they wanted to be like the kingdoms of this world. And so I want us this morning, just in the brief moments that we have, to consider how we don't repeat what Israel experienced in 1 Samuel. How do we not lose that sense of gratitude? How do we not just simply become like the kingdom of this world? How do we ultimately accomplish the purpose that God has for us as his people, a purpose that began with Abraham. And I'm, I'm going to ask if you would stand in reading of God's word. We have just a few verses to begin our time this morning from Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to consider just three ways that we avoid following the trajectory that we've seen in First Samuel of, of, of failing to accomplish the purpose that God has for his people. First, we must entrust ourselves to God as giver. God was the king of Israel, and that was what set them apart from all of the nations in the world, all of the people around them. They had God as king, and they were to trust in him. We read in 1 Samuel 12, verse 11, so the Lord sent Jerubbabel, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel. He rescued you from the power of the enemies around you, and you lived, how? Securely. This is what God intends for his people, that we would live in security. 
that we would live securely because our trust in God as our king. Instead, verse 12, we see, but when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, was coming against you, you said to me, no, we must have a king reign over us, even though the Lord your God is king. You see, they lost their trust in God. They lost their focus in the God who had called them beginning with Abraham in Genesis, uh, the passage that we read. They lost their trust and their focus on the way that God had provided for them in so many ways. And we see that they followed the path of Adam and Eve before them in being deceived by the enemy, in moving their focus off of God and all that he had done and onto what they did not have what they thought that they needed, which was a king like the other nations. They lost this security. And and this is a message for all of us. When we lose our trust in God and him alone, nothing else, not circumstances, not other people, but God alone, we lose the security that God has for us. And we are vulnerable, just like Israel was, to put our trust in something that will not give, but will instead, like the kingdoms of the world, take Secondly, we must express our gratitude to God. Now, it could have gone differently. Israel, looking back to Abraham at the beginning and all the way through God's faithfulness, could have thought about all the ways God had provided for them. They could have thought about the leaders that God had provided. They could have focused on the ways that God had delivered them over and over again from their enemies, the way he had forgiven them when they had failed them and, and restored and redeemed them. There are all of these ways that they could have focused on God's goodness, on God's faithfulness, and responded with joyful gratitude. And that is ultimately what, what would have inspired trust. The more that they would have experienced, think about it, that joyful gratitude in God, focusing on all that God had done for them, it would have inspired them to continue to trust in God and to continue to obey God. I think with this expression of gratitude of my son, John Martin, our middle son, yesterday was his birthday. And so if you've had young kids, you know when you have a birthday party and you have other people who give your children gifts, what do you want them to say? Thank you. And so is a kid born just saying that naturally? No, you have to teach and instruct and encourage that. And you you want it to stick, but you still have to continue to remind them. And I think this is very much who we are as people. We have to cultivate gratitude. We have to cultivate the practice of expressing thankfulness, expressing gratitude for what we have been given. You see, ultimately, everything that we have comes from God. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, for who makes you so superior? For what do you have that you didn't receive? What's the answer to that? Nothing. If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? You see, anytime we feel entitled to anything, right? Because everything that we have comes from God. Anytime that we feel a sense of entitlement, we deserve this, because of what we have done, we lose that sense of gratitude that God intends for us to live with. And so entitlement, in, very, in many ways, blocks that expression of joyful gratitude that God desires for us. Again, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, 
who does not change like shifting shadows. If we believe that to be true, we begin to realize even the people in our lives who have been a blessing to us, they themselves come from God. The bodies that we have, every breath that we breathe, every beat of our heart is a gift of God and is reason for us to express gratitude to him. Third and finally, we will consider that we must emulate God through our own generosity. So as God is the giver of all that we have, we look to him as our security, as our provider. We respond to his generosity with expressions of gratitude, right? Continually realizing all that we have comes from him. And and so we're thankful for it. We enjoy it with gratitude. Ultimately, his intent is that we would emulate him in our own generosity as we looked at the passage in Genesis, God said, I will bless you. And this began with Abraham and continued through Israel. But the ultimate result of that is that all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God would bless his people, but was it meant to stay there? Was that blessing simply meant to be enjoyed? No, it was meant to be expressed to all people, all of the nations, to be blessed through them. And this is this process that is the life-giving process of the kingdom of God, is as we breathe in or receive from God, that we would then breathe out an expression of generosity. I want us to do that just for a moment. I want everybody to breathe in deeply. Okay, breathe out. (laughs) Now, if you had not breathed out eventually, what would have happened? You would have passed out because your body has that reflex to prevent you from dying. Because if you had the capacity to continually hold your breath, you would die. And this is the way. God has wired this principle into nature, into reality. And there's multiple examples. We were made to breathe in and breathe out. Without both of those expressions, we would die. We both receive and give. You think about the Dead Sea, and I've given this example many times, but when I was in Israel in 2019, all of the rivers and tributaries come into the Dead Sea, nothing goes out. That's why it's dead. It simply receives, it doesn't give, and that's what stagnant water does. And this is a principle that reveals to us the truth of the kingdom of God. Anytime that we simply receive and take in and we don't go out, we don't give out, it produces death. The reason that Fairview Church is here, the reason that there's still life, if you will, in Fairview Church is because people have both received from God and given out generously. They've served, they've given, they've, they've been an expression of God's blessing to others. That's the way things stay alive And it's how, again, the kingdom of God operates. As we experience this generosity of all God has given us, we express it outwardly to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Just as each one has received a gift, so that's this receiving from God, use it, how? To serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. We've received whatever we have as a gift from God. 
we then use it to express it outwardly to serve others. Or as Jesus says in Matthew 10, 8, freely have you have received, freely give. I want to invite Dan Coe to uh, come up on the stage because I think Dan is an expression of this in the life of Fairview Church. Dan uh, grew up in many ways at Fairview. And so he has received, many of you all in the room uh, gave in one way or another to Dan. And so he has received, but then he has, through his life, he has expressed that by generously giving back and serving others. And so Dan, kind of just maybe give us, some of the folks in the room who don't know you as well, a little bit of a background on you and kind of your connection with Fairview. Yeah, so um, uh, the roots go really deep here. I'm pretty sure uh, as those slides were, you know, we're, we're going through on the screen earlier, I may have seen some some kinfolk of mine, uh, maybe some aunts and uncles, maybe even my mom. I'm not really entirely sure because they move fast, but the roots do go deep. I don't know how early my grandmother, Lillian Apple, was involved here and therefore my mom and all her siblings, but it was early. And so, uh, you know, I even from the time I was born, no doubt, there have been people who that have been a part of Fairview Church who've been praying for me. Uh, my parents, though I didn't grow up in this church, they transferred membership here probably late 90s when I was a teenager in the throes of my rebellion. And so if I came to church, it was to pop in to grab that free lunch that I could count on afterwards, uh, often to help me recover from whatever I'd been doing the night before. So that's kind of where I was. Uh, but then when I came to faith, so actually as I thought about today, uh, I recalled that it's been 17 years ago to the week. It was the day after Thanksgiving in 2005 that I admitted myself into an inpatient uh, drug and alcohol rehab center. Uh, And shortly thereafter, I began to be involved at Fairview uh, as a legitimate believer, as someone legitimately walking and seeking to walk in repentance and uh, and in that newness of life that God had had given. Um, And again, from the very beginning, you know, just, just been a recipient of the, of the grace of God through, through Fairview. Yeah. Get into some specifics of that if you'd yeah. like. Yeah. So what would be some of the ways that yeah, God's yeah. been gracious so, through this church? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember just being, coming from that background, being really timid to come into the church, uh, not really knowing how I would be received, not knowing if anyone would identify uh, with me or if I'd connect at any deep level, having experienced that level of betrayal and distrust. That's really all I knew from the, my relationships from the decade prior. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, But I soon found out as I began to get plugged in in the young adult and college ministry back over there at Fairview Avenue. uh, And as I got was welcomed into the men's ministry, some of whom some of those men are sitting here today that were involved in that. I just realized that, man, we're all broken people. Some had walked that path. I had walked a very similar path. Uh, But even for those that hadn't walked that path, we're all broken people in need of Jesus, in need of the grace uh, that he gives, and in need of the encouragement and the fellowship of his people. Uh, and so just being warmly welcomed in that way. Um, and also, I think one of the most important and impactful things early on was though I was young and I had this kind of untempered zeal, a lot of passion, but I wasn't very well grounded in the word, there were men of God in this church who entrusted responsibility to me, who were able to maybe identify potential that I couldn't even see and let me fall on my face a few times trying to teach or trying to lead. But nevertheless, they did something that I believe is beautiful and I believe it's big, uh, I believe it's biblical. And that is that they saw, again, they identified potential in this really rugged kind of <laughs> character. And, uh, and, and I don't know, that was so, that was just so good for me to have those opportunities and to know that, um, that, that there was something there and to be able to identify something there from early on, a gift, a passion that I was able to then uh, develop uh, over time. 
So it kind of leads to the next question. How was Fairview Church and, and those individuals who connected with you impactful for your own calling and, and the direction of your life? Yeah, I'd say first, I mean, just sitting under the preaching and teaching of the word. Uh, that was a big part. I mean, there was, you know, a period of time where, you know, week in and week out, you know, just, I mean, in, in my ears, all my ears and all my heart heard was the call to the Great Commission task. Uh, you know, just being a missional church, that being the heartbeat of this church. Um, I can just recall being unable to escape, not that I wanted to, but that, that call to go uh, out on mission. Uh, and so that was happening not only from the pulpit, but also in classroom settings. Uh, I remember uh, I was probably the only individual under 50 years old that would sit in on Wednesday nights for a period of time on Pierce Dotson's class. And if you've ever met Pierce, you know that man has a passion for the nations, a passion for the unreached. And so that was deeply impactful for me. So we saw a few people who stood that have been here for over 20 years. But several people have been here for a while. So just, I know you mentioned Pierce and a few folks individually. What would you just kind of say to the folks who've been part of Fairview and have invested and prayed for you and and just kind of uh, invested in your life in that way? We're overwhelmed. Honestly, as I sat last night, I threw some notes together. I I, I put notes together because I knew that I could go on forever and mention, if I were to mention by name, there, there are too many to count. Um, again, even before I was walking with Jesus, no doubt some of you were probably weeping with my parents and praying for me. Uh, and so, but then since coming into this church, I mean, I feel bad sometimes because I can't put faces with names. I'll just be honest with you. We've received support through email, through letters, through phone calls, through visits, through meals cooked. I mean, all the way through this journey until now, as we fight this cancer battle with my wife, We've been overwhelmed by the kindness and the generosity of Fairview. So I just, I just say thank you. You all have been uh, instrumental. You've become my family. The deepest and richest relationships that I have uh, began right, right here, really, within these, these walls. And so we've just been so encouraged and so blessed by, by each of you. Amen. Yeah. So as we think about it, we've seen this, this video and the memories of the past 75 years. And, the, and you've experienced personally how the people of Fairview Church have invested in you as well as many others. What would you say to the folks who are here today, maybe some who are maybe here for the first time, but definitely newer to that? How can we, how would you encourage the people of Fairview Church now to invest in the next generation? I think one way is not to let anybody slip through the cracks. You know, there's people that pop in and out of here, but it requires intentionality on on the part of each and every one of us uh, to reach out, to create opportunities for community. Yes, of course, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and those things, we have regularly going to D groups, but man, I can't tell you how formative my discipleship has been around a table, over a cup of coffee, over a meal, huge. You know, uh, I just think finding ways to, to be in community with people because it's there also, which leads to the second point. The first one is don't let anybody fall through the cracks, create opportunities for community. But the second would be in really um, entrusting opportunities like happened to me to help and helping to, you know, that each of you here would really be uh, helping to identify the gifts that young people have, helping them to develop, to discover those gifts themselves and to develop those gifts right here in the context of the local church. And then being, and then extending lots of grace because I can tell you, I had one brother tell me after I taught one of my first young adult groups, he pulled me aside. He said, Dan, giving these guys strawberry shortcake. You know, that's what, I mean, I wasn't giving them nourishing food. In other words, guys, I told you I wasn't very well grounded, but I needed to hear that. And there was grace extended. But the point was, is I was still being given these opportunities. So everybody has a gift. You know what we read in first Peter 410, everybody has something to contribute. So as each has received a gift, let, let us steward those gifts, um, you know, in this context. And so, yeah, those would be the two things, opportunities for community and then helping 
individuals to discover and to develop those those gifts. That's good. That's yeah. good. Thank you. So I know one of the specifics of why you're here now, obviously, is Julia and her battle with cancer. And, and so just want to give a, a little bit of an update on that to the folks who've been praying for you all. Yeah. Yeah, the short, uh, the short version of that is we began round three of another uh, regiment um, of a, sort of a chemotherapy, spare all the details of that. But we're encouraged about what, what seems to be um, uh, some responsiveness of the cancer to this latest medication. Julia began to receive late October, I guess October 31st, so we're about to, round two is tomorrow, in fact. Um, but we are uh, encouraged, saw our doctors on Friday, they... Uh, you know, while not getting overly enthusiastic, they said some things that were encouraging. So we feel, again, good about the direction we're heading. In the middle of December, we'll have some important scans taking place. So we just need to continue to, to, to pray um, and to, you know, really ask God whether he uses, you know, the means of medicine or whether he steps in miraculously at any point in time, which we would welcome for sure. We just need to pray towards Julia's healing. Definitely, and I'll pray for that in just a moment. Thank you for listening to the Fairview Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org.